The NFL is amazing, John. Uh, you know, I, I had a weekend off in Miami. I'm coming back and I'm thinking, okay, what are we going to talk about on the Viking show that we haven't talked about before? And so here, you know, I did some research. I came up with some topics. And then I'm sitting down to do this show here on Tuesday morning. This is the Viking Update show. He's John Krasinski. I'm Jim Suhan. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Uh, you know, just check Twitter. for some, and, and Quasi's talking at the Combine because the NFL always knows how to keep itself in the spotlight. So we're going to go through what Quezzi Adolfo Mensa had to say at the Combine. Very interesting stuff. We're going to rank Kirk Cousins, re-rank Kirk Cousins among NFL quarterbacks, get into some other uh, permutations, make fun of Aaron Rodgers, all the usual stuff. Once again, this is uh, the Viking Update show at TalkNorth.com. We're, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Our sponsors are Aquarius, TSR Injury Law, and Star Bank. Uh, best way to listen you can always go to talknorth.com. Easiest way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. And we do appreciate you listening. So Quezzi, uh, according to our colleagues who are covering the combine, said that, yeah, of course, they're going to sign Justin Jefferson. Uh, he, he has to do that. He understands that. Uh, did not give a direct answer when asked about bringing Dalvin Cook back. It's praised him as a player, but didn't really make any commitment. That dovetails with everything I've heard, which is that he's just not going to be a financial priority for this team at this stage in his career. And so he wants Dalvin Tomlinson back, uh, another fairly logical thing. You know, a lot of a lot of things we're hearing this time of the year, things we assume but we hadn't heard from team officials. It sounds like that's where they are right now. Any reaction to any of those three semi-updates? Yeah, I mean, I guess we can go one by one to start with with Jefferson. Um, you know, obviously the 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 smart thing is to bring him back. Um, but I do think whenever uh, a, an executive uses the language that Quasi used, and he said, "I don't want to be the Vikings GM without that guy on our team." Like that's a pretty definitive thing there, and because there is like there is a question about how you build your team. And given that the, in this era of football, there does seem to be uh, an influx of really talented receivers almost every year. Um, and so that seems to be a fairly renewable resource when you're looking at where do you spend your money? How do you do things and how do you make it? How do you make things go? Um, but Justin Jefferson, obviously in Quasi's mind, and and I think rightfully so, is the kind of franchise player that you make, um, you move heaven and earth to keep, and and so if that means paying him, you know, the a, a, as as high as any other receiver in the league or higher, you do that, and then you figure out the other things later because this is not a situation where that you can let Tyreek Hill go and expect Patrick Mahomes to just keep on clipping without it. Kirk Cousins needs Justin Jefferson. If they decide to move on from Kirk Cousins in the next two years, what, what, whoever, whatever new quarterback they bring in is going to need Justin Jefferson. And so I think that for, for Kwesi to really just come out and hammer that point, um, it, it should make abundantly clear that, this is there is not going to be any kind of games being played. There's not any kind of things about, well, do you trade Justin Jefferson and get a big bounty for him and 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 remake your roster in other ways? No, they're gonna they're gonna go forward with Jefferson um and 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 keep him around, which I think is the absolute, you know, right way to do things. Another development, uh, and again, we're basically kind of 
recording the show as Quezzy's talking. Uh, he was asked about his linebackers. He mentioned uh, Brian Asamoah, Troy Dye, and William Quincu. Uh, and he did not mention the starters, Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks. I, I thought at the end of the year that Hicks was gone. And I thought that Kendricks had a chance to stay under the right financial parameters, probably have to redo his contract. Very interesting that, that Adolfo Mensa wouldn't mention Kendricks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the, you know, when you look at what he has meant to this team on the field, off the field, um, everything that he brings to the table, Eric Kendricks has been just an enormous part of this Vikings team. And, um, and so in that respect, you would look at it and say, I would think that they would try to make something work, that they would you know, do what they can to keep him around. But then you, do, you couple that with the clear drop in production that you saw last season. And I think that that indicates a little bit more of they, they believe that Kendricks is – that, that that the drop in production is as much to do with Kendricks's physical abilities as it does with any kind of scheme situation. Cause I was wondering, Jim, frankly, if, you know, when, when they, when they made the move to away from Ed Donatel to Brian Flores, you could say, all right, now who do they keep on this defense and who do they not? Because I think that it's a pretty strong indicator of, who they believe still has something left in the tank and just needs a better scheme fit and better coaching and better put being put in a different positions to succeed. And then who, um, who is kind of on their last legs. And, and so if we can read between the lines with Quasi on Eric Kendricks and, and say, well, this, that, th- that might be indicating that they're looking for, someone else at that position, same with Jordan Hicks, um, because they believe that, you know, they need better players or just more physically able players at this stages of their career and not just, they can't be fixed by just um, having a different scheme or having them have different responsibilities on the field. Yeah, I think that's right. And I I love Kendricks. I think he's a really good dude. I mean, he's really smart. He's been a very good player for this team. The harsh reality of the NFL is you'd lose half a step and suddenly you lose all your value. And I couldn't tell last year, I'll be honest, I couldn't tell whether Kendricks was a half step slow because he's at that stage of his career or because he wasn't comfortable with the new defense. Uh, And, you know, this might be, this is an indication of one of two things. And as we know, the NFL doesn't tell us much. Sometimes they let us surmise. They don't tell us a lot. It's either an indication that, they want Kendricks back at a lesser rate and they're not going to praise him until they get that kind of a deal done. Or it's an indication that they're just going to go younger. Well, right. And, and it, it, it also could be an indication of they do want Kendricks back at a lower rate, but maybe Kendricks isn't going to yeah. take that. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we've seen Antoine Winfield and Kevin Williams and all sorts of different players come through here, play, play here for a long time. And then when they're asked to take, the pay cuts or restructure or, or things like that. Uh, they don't do that and they go somewhere else to do it. Um, so I don't know, like I, 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 I don't have any inside knowledge of where Eric Kendricks is in terms of his desire to stick around here or his willingness to, uh, to, uh, change his contract to, 
to make that more amenable. Um, but you just look at the way that he played last season and there's got to be some changes that are made to this defense and some pretty significant ones beyond just the coordinator. And so maybe, you know, maybe Kendricks has been identified as one of those players that was, you know, was great. Doesn't take away from anything that he accomplished here, but um, this is a very cold and sometimes cruel business. And the minute that, you are no longer as useful as you once were on the field unless you are a, you know, pantheon level player uh, who just needs to stick around. Um, generally, they're going to say goodbye to you. And um, and for as good as Kendricks it was and maybe still is, he's just not that level of of player that is going to garner um you know, it's going to prompt the Vikings to maybe be a little bit more generous in their terms of, of trying to keep him around. And so, um, I think he's just, he's just one of those guys who the, if, if there's, if there's gotta be some changes to this defense and they need some impact players, maybe that's, that's a spot that they go to. And here's the, the other key to this, Jim, you can make that decision on Eric Kendricks and decide that, Hey, this guy is just, he's not what he once was and we have to go find something better. But then going out and finding that better option is another challenge, whether it's in free agency or in the draft or whatever, you better nail it because he is reliable. Like, and he is a good leader and he is well thought of and uh, he is revered in that locker room. And so when you, if you say goodbye to them, it's not going to sit well with people in the locker room unless you get someone who's going to come in and just be better at the job. And so that will be the next challenge if the Vikings have made that decision and if Eric Kendricks does not want to uh, to take any kind of restructuring to to stay around. You're going to have to go find a, a better option, and that's not always an easy thing to do. True. Uh, another way of looking at this, and again, just being diving into the, uh, the harshness of the NFL and the way that it, the league does cast players off, you do wonder if it is possible maybe not likely, but possible, that you bring in Ryan Flores, a major upgrade at defensive coordinator, a teacher, a schemer, an aggressive coach, and then you add faster players. Asmo, I think, is going to be a really good player in this league. He's very fast. Uh, you know, you you get seen and booth up to speed. Let's pretend they're going to stay healthy. You're faster at safety. You're faster at cornerback. You're faster at linebacker now. Maybe you put uh, Hunter in a scheme that he feels really comfortable in, and he's a half step faster because of that. You know, this I, I do wonder if this defense could improve dramatically, even if they don't make a big personnel upgrade. I, it's entire. I guess it is possible, Jim, for sure. Um, you know, if, if if you look at some of the guys, like I I like Asamoah's athleticism. Um, the speed with which he plays, the aggressiveness with which he plays. Um, so, and he's still, and he is a young guy. So there, there is a, uh, it is conceivable that he gets better, that he even, that he improves his understanding of concepts and, and, and of what the opposing offense is trying to do and, and takes a step forward for sure. Um, I do think that I do see the argument that this defense last year was, slow 
and unathletic. And so if you just put faster athletes in more prime positions, um, it's possible that that is enough in and of itself. I still think that you need that they need like real talent upgrades um, at, at some of their positions and, and that they should, that that has to be a priority going into the draft and into free agency. But yes, like I think the simple adjustment of just adding speed and athleticism and whether, and maybe that's just by uh, elevating Asamoah and some other players um, into, into those positions that could in and of itself be an upgrade over what they had last year, just because they were always chasing and they are always a step behind. And, and so um, maybe that without that will work out. Um, but I still, I would like to see them obviously, you know, just add more talent as well on top of that. Sure. And I guess what I'm looking at it is, uh, if you, if scene and booth are the players that they're supposed to be, if SMO's speed makes a difference and you add like one high draft choice who can start mm-hmm. right away, you've turned over almost half the defense immediately. Uh, and then you add in Daniel Hunter, who's still fast, uh, you keep in Tomlinson, who's a good inside player. I mean, it, it just isn't that hard to imagine. And I, part of my bias here is that, um, you know, I go back to I, I covered defensive coordinators. You know, I saw Dave Lonstedt. Uh, I covered him for a year. I saw him take a terrible defense and, and upgrade it immediately. I saw that uh, you know, Tony Dungy took a bunch of spare parts and that and turned it into the number one. D- and other than John Randall, he didn't have great players. Uh, but having John Randall and putting fast players in good positions to turn them into another one defense, it can be done. Now, we don't know if it can happen here under these circumstances, but it can be done. I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. Speaking of defensive coordinators, uh, second half of the show, we are going to get into some Kirk Cousins, excuse me, Kirk Cousins discussions. Uh, I actually got it out that time. Uh, but right now, uh, the news report is out that uh, Leslie Frazier, uh, Vikings Defensive coordinator, Vikings head coach, uh, assistant head coach, and defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills is going to take a year off, plans to return to coaching in 2024. At this point, I don't know what that is uh, in response to. I don't know what's going on or some, something in his personal life, if he's burnout, whatever it is. I, I just I like Leslie. I think he's a really good coach, really good human being. I hope, I hope he's okay. I hope so too, Jim. I mean, you talk about like, – like, I've been in this – for 20 years now um i've covered a ton of coaches i have interacted with so many players and things like that and absolutely without question right at the top of the list in terms of just straight up human beings leslie frazier is right there um and so i certainly just hope like I know he's a family guy. I know he is very close with, with his, his entire family. And I hope everything is okay that way. Um, I hope that my hope is that the reason for him stepping away is that he did not get any real like steam as for another head coaching opportunity. Um, and that it was as simple as maybe some disenchantment with the system, which, which is like, um, you know, the fact that Eric Bieniemy had to go to Washington is ridiculous. Um, that Leslie maybe is, was not more in the mix for, um, for some of the, uh, other positions that came open, given all the su- success that he's had in Buffalo, I think is a mistake. Um, 
And so I hope it's just something like that, but I, I doubt it. Um, but, uh, I will be thinking about Leslie. I, I hope that everything is okay with him because that guy has as much grace and dignity as is humanly possible in such a cutthroat league like the NFL. And so to see him walk away from a very good job, I know with the team that he really enjoyed, um, and with a team that is poised to be a contender in the AFC for a long, long time, that sounds pretty drastic to me. So I just, yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful that that things are, are, are okay in his world because there's not many finer guys that I've come across in this league than, than Leslie Frazier. Uh, all true. I did a story on Leslie when he was a head coach, went down to Mississippi, saw his hometown, and he brought us to where, the, you know, his, his childhood home, it was a shack. Uh, I mean, literally just a shack that had been raised to the ground. It reminded mm-hmm. me of going to the Dominican Republic to write about baseball players and they take you to their hometown and it's like uh, mud floors, no door. You know, uh, I saw Christian Guzman's hometown, uh, boyhood home. And again, no door, mud floors, you know, thatched roofs. Uh, it didn't really hold out the rain. And that that's what it reminded me of. He's come so far in his life. Uh, so yes, uh, all the best wishes from us to Leslie Frazier and his family. Uh, let's get back to Vikings issues here in a second. We do want to uh, let you know that we're coming to you live from the Aquarius Home Service Studio, and we do appreciate Aquarius Home Services. We may be dreaming of spring, but winter isn't over yet, and your furnace is still working hard. Whether your furnace needs a simple repair or you're looking to replace it, the team at Aquarius Home Services is just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. One of our biggest sponsors across the network, you know them, these are everywhere, TSR Injury Law. What you need to remember is if you were injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. They will take good care of you. They will either... uh, If they can help you, they will help you. If they can't help you, they will point you in the right direction. They will give you good advice. They will not charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. That's why you see their ads everywhere, because they have become a great Minnesota success story. 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to let you know that big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app, check. Convenient services, you got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares, starbank.net. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. So I was thinking about Kirk Cousins. And you see Rodgers going through everything he's going through. You see Derek Carr basically quitting on his team as his stock plummets. You see Baker Mayfield bouncing around the league. Matthew Stafford having a bad year. And I started thinking, rephrasing the way to think about Kirk Cousins. Because I've been hard on Cousins at times, many times during his career. I, I, and I felt like, you know, overrated, overpaid, good but not great. Um, and I think the when I felt when I said those things that they were accurate at the time. Now looking at a year where he was clutch, uh, where he showed more leadership, uh, and then a lot of other things happened in the league. Tom Brady retired. Aaron Rodgers had a terrible year. Derek Carr had a terrible year. Kyler Murray had a terrible year. Uh, Lamar Jackson didn't want to play at the end of the year. I'm not blaming him, but he didn't want to play. Deshaun Watson was terrible. I'm thinking that in my personal rankings of quarterbacks you would want on your team under the current circumstances, I feel like Kirk Cousins has gone from like 14th to maybe like even top six or seven. So here's the question, John. 
How many quarterbacks, given salary, age, mm. game situation, how they played recently, what you expect of them the next year, how many quarterbacks would you trade Kirk Cousins for straight up right now? Yeah, let's, well, that's a great question because I, I agree with you that I think his stock has improved. And I do think that he evolved as a quarterback and as a leader last year. And one thing that we kept wondering about with Kirk Cousins is could he get a team to follow him? And I think he did that last year with his toughness, uh, with his risk-taking, with his overall command of the offense and ownership of the offense. Kevin O'Connell deserves a lot of credit for that as well. But um, but I think that he should be viewed in a slightly, certainly a, a different lens than he was prior to last year because I think a lot of the intangible uh, weaknesses that he appeared to have before that were addressed to to a degree last season. So, I mean... Let's just go. Let's just go one by one um, yeah. throughout throughout the league. Buffalo, Josh Allen, you'd take over Kirk Cousins, right? Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Miami, Tua, no, right? Yep. Um, New England, Mac Jones, no. New York Jets, yep. no. Cincinnati, yep. Burrow, yes. yes. Um, would you take Lamar Jackson? I think you would over Balt at Baltimore. Depends um, on depends on what the contract looks like. It depends. That's the interesting. And, and health, I, he yeah. to me is on the short list of very interesting ones to discuss because yes. do you, you know. Perfect world. Do you take Lamar Jackson over Kirk Cousins? Yes, he's won an MVP award. He's dynamic. He can throw the ball. He can lead. But do you take him with his current physical state and his current contract demands over Cousins? Maybe, but it's not as easy a decision as it was even six months ago. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. Yep, and that's a good illustration. I think more of like of Kirk Cousins' ascendance than Lamar's right. falling off or whatever, but that's true. So Pittsburgh, no. Um, Cleveland, Deshaun Watson, no. Uh, even though he's really, really talented, I just, nope. like, I'm not taking Deshaun no Watson way. over Kirk Cousins. Um, Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence? Another interesting, see, this is this is another guy on my interesting list. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence showed some real development last year. He's a former number one pick. He's got great athletic ability, great arm talent. Uh, he seems like a really good dude. He did get a team to the playoffs last year. Still and has is, some some steps to take, though. Yes. Like, yeah, I he's think, not yeah. there yet. Uh, yeah. So, and I think this is one of those interesting ones where, you know, if, if it's just next year, I want Cousins, not Lawrence. If I'm building a team uh, for the long haul, then I probably go with the younger guy. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, Tennessee, Indiana, Indianapolis, Houston, no. Uh, Mahomes, obviously. Herbert, yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think, I think Herbert, but it's not, yeah, yeah it's, it's tougher decision. It's closer. Again, it's closer. Ago, yep. But, but yeah, I, 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 I still would take, I would take Herbert. Yep. Um, Raiders, no. Uh, Russell Wilson, no. Nope. Right. You take, you take Cousins. Hurts, yes. Yes. Um, uh, Dak Prescott, that's one that we have talked Ooh, about a lot. Yes. And, uh, and, and I still think it's a, it's very, very close, um, between, and I think this guys. is another one that has shifted uh, because I think you and I talked before the season, I, I was higher on Prescott than cousins yep. and I'm not, I'm listen, I really like Dak Prescott. I think he's a really good dude. He's really talented, but at this moment, I think I trust cousins more than Prescott. Mm, yep. Yep. Um, and so Daniel Jones had a good year, but I'm still taking cousins over Daniel Jones, yep. uh, Washington. No, um, Goff. No. Uh, Roger Rogers, like, w what do you do with that? Is I mean, from a pure talent standpoint, yeah, Rogers is better, but like, he has gotten to a point where he's flighty. Like, can you rely on him? Like, you get you have to deal with all of this mess and all of this drama around him. I don't know that. I, I don't want I, it, any part of the guy for yeah. fifty million dollars a year. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Um, 
Justin Fields, no. Uh, whoever's in Tampa, no. Carolina, no. New Orleans, no. Atlanta, no. Um, Brock Purdy, right? I mean, I love Purdy, but he just yep. it, he, he didn't do it long enough, and we didn't get to see enough of him for me to make a final judgment on him. Yep, and uh, yeah, and and Gino Gino Smith and uh, nope, and and in in Seattle, nope, and um, and at Stafford, I don't think so, and 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 Murray, no, probably. So yeah, there's like there's four or five, I think that we said for sure. And that's it. Like, it's, yeah. I, so yeah, I think he's right in that probably six to eight range, depending on what you think of Lamar, what you think of, um, you know, Lawrence. a couple of other guys. Yeah. And yeah, Lawrence. Yep. And, and, and yeah, but that's where that's, that's the, the landscape right now of Kirk cousins as a reliable leader and the steps that he took last year. And a huge part of this, obviously Jim is, is his fit in this offense. And yeah. I think that the, the he and O'Connell are a good mix. He and uh, Jefferson are a good mix, and so that's that's all good situation. And so it's I think that the Vikings' picture at quarterback is is significantly better going into this offseason than it was last offseason. And that and Kirk Cousins deserves a lot of the credit for improving and addressing a lot of the areas that he needed to. Yeah, and to summarize here, Mahomes, Burrows, Allen. Hurts. Hurts. Clearly above uh, Cousins. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm still going to say probably, Herbert. I'm Herbert, still say probably, Herbert. Probably. Yeah. And Lawrence, maybe, depending on the circumstances. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's so, as you said, he's somewhere six to eight in my book right now. And, it's a, and that is a combination of him uh, doing what he did last year and a lot of other people falling off in one yep. way or another or damaging their own stock. But, you know, that's the, and, you know, so I know there, is, there are, Still, people in the Vikings fan base who don't like or trust Cousins and want the Vikings to replace him. And I can what I would say is, listen, you you can have your qualms with Cousins, no doubt about it. But you, if you have a top eight quarterback, you're not changing quarterbacks. That's right. Yep, absolutely. Um, it, it would be fine if you want to look at drafting someone and developing them eventually, and all those things. But uh, you can look at, let's say the five-year plan like is Kirk Cousins the quarterback in Minnesota in five years probably not um but certainly for the next couple of seasons as you are building this team um and and especially as you're about to invest untold millions of dollars in Justin Jefferson um you want him to have a good quarterback like you cannot put him with um Mac Jones, like you can't, you, you can't do that to a, one of the best receivers in the NFL. And so uh, having someone of Cousins, you know, reliability and consistency, and then have a, a, as a guy who took steps forward as a leader uh, last season, I absolutely think that it, in, it has gone from a thing of they have to upgrade to the only way you do change is if you have a clear and understandable, uh, undisputable situation where the guy that you're getting is is much, much better than Cousins or is going to be better than him over the next couple of years. And that's going to be hard for them to do. No doubt about it. I don't think this franchise in its current state wants to have a rebuilding phase. Agreed. I think they want to yep. win right now and uh, Cousins gives you a chance. 
No doubt. Yep, that's it. That Where they're at right now, coming off of a 13-4 and four season, even if you say that, hey, they got lucky last year um, with some of their wins and, and all that, and they weren't exactly 13-4, and four, it is not a team that is going to tear down to the studs, um, going to go and, and, and position themselves to be Chicago and be 3-14 and 14 and then have a, a, a really high pick to run, make a run at a quarterback or, or something else that they really need at the top. So this is the... The Vikings are going to continue to press forward, trying to win the division and 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 win games in the playoffs. And the way to do that is with Kirk Cousins as a starting quarterback. Yes, sir. Let's get a final thought from John once again. Thank you to Aquarius Home Services. Uh, thank you to TSR Bank. Oh, sorry, I'm, let me do that again. Thank you to Aquarius Home Services. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thank you to TSR Injury Law. Thank you to Star Bank. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, uh, our show with the former Vikings general manager. And uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, once again. Final thought, I'll go first. Uh, I was in spring training, got to spend some time with LaTroy Hawkins, one of my favorite athletes of all time, uh, great human being. And one thing he, we ended up talking about, he, he ended up, he's still buddies with Pat Mahomes, uh, the one of the first twins I met when I started covering the twins in 1993. I was, I remember talking to him about uh, him taking a day off to go see his, his son being born. That son turned into Patrick Mahomes. Latroy is still tight with Pat. Went, he went to all of Patrick Mahomes, high school games, uh, partied with the Mahomes at the super after the super bowl. And he, he was just really interesting talking about Mahomes. He said, he said he doesn't see any difference in Patrick Mahomes as an NFL quarterback than what he saw in high school or college. He's always been this guy. He's always had this kind of perception, uh, ability to lead, ability to see the field. Uh, he said that he really plays exactly the same now as he always did, which I thought was a really fascinating way to look at one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Especially one that, Jim, that you thought like when he came out, it was – well, he's not ready yet, or right. he's a project. And and maybe that was true. You know, he had a year to sit and, and watch, and I'm sure that really helped him and was super beneficial for just the transition from that offense that he ran at Texas Tech to the NFL. But um, but to hear LaTroy talk about it, and, and, I, and it makes sense now when you watch the way that Mahomes just has complete command of – the offense of the league of, of everything around him. Like that, th- that's just something that is innate inside of you. And, and, and there's something just with the elite of the elite that he clearly has. And so um, really, uh, yeah, that's, that's a cool story because you just, you, you weren't sure, like, did, did he really grow into this or was this always there for him? And, and, and that's pretty neat to, to, to see that it was all that, that it was all always there for him. So. You're, do you have a final thought? Uh, yeah, Jack? just final thought. I mean, I guess we we didn't talk about Dalvin Cook much, and and I do agree, Jim, that like Quasi's sort of vague or uh, in general comments about him certainly are laying the uh, foundation for an exit for him. Um, I don't think that Dalvin is going to be one that is going to really want to take a big pay cut or or restructure in a way. Um, to save save the Vikings a lot of money. And I don't blame him for that. He's a running back. He should maximize his dollars while he can get them because of the short shelf life. Um, but it just seems like the, the Vikings are getting in a position here to say goodbye to Dalvin Cook and transition 
to another option, whether it's free agency, whether it's the draft, whether it's bringing back Madison or something like that. Um, that seems to be the way that's going. And it's not surprising given what, what we saw the offense evolve into last season. Flashback to earlier in the show, we were talking about Brian Asimov. Brian has a French bulldog. So if he ever has a podcast network, he's going to have his podcast interrupted by his dog scream crying in the next room because he wants the damn podcast to be over. Yet another thing that you just share in common with an NFL linebacker, Jim, it's amazing. Like the physical traits you share the, and also the, the, the interests off the field as well. And just the, the sheer physical prowess. No question. Yeah, it's, it's all there for you.